Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Ah, uh, we have a steroid scandal in horse racing, and Bob Baffert, the greatest trainer in horse racing history, is full of horse. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. To a higher power that this is the single funniest thing that's happened in sports all year. A horse is roided up, won the Kentucky Derby, and a conspiracy theory is at foot. Who could have done it? Oh, I love this. I absolutely love this because the only time I care about horse racing is when rich people do bad things and then they get caught for it. This is rich. Ken LaVica live. I am Ken LaVica. He is Chris Coquel. And we start another week here on ESPN 106.3 ESPN app. And I'm your smart speaker from the downtown ESPN West Palm Studios, West Palm Beach. And a jar living action in attorney studios right off the Intracoastal in the Phillips Point Towers. Well, uh, the Kentucky Derby and Coquel, we spent a total of about zero seconds discussing the Kentucky Derby leading into it last weekend. Uh, it was eventually won by a horse named Medina Spirit. And Medina Spirit uh, ended up winning that race. Bob Baffert, legendary trainer, uh, he trains yet another horse to a Kentucky Derby title. And he was going to go on to leg number two of the Preakness Stakes. However... It looks like the horse was roided up. The horse had double the amount of a, a banned steroid, a banned substance, and the tests came back, and boy, this horse was absolutely loaded with it. I mean, absolutely loaded with it. And what what's great about all of this to me is that you're getting from Bob Baffert, and even if you're not a horse racing person, I am certainly not a horse racing person, but you know who Bob Baffert is. And he's he's honestly probably the biggest name in racing. But it's oh, oh I don't I don't know how this happened. I don't I don't know how this took place. Uh this is he said it's a a gut punch. Quote, I got the biggest gut punch in racing for something I didn't do. That shouldn't have happened. There's a problem somewhere. It didn't come from us. He ran a gallant race. Man, it's all complete garbage. It's all complete nonsense. And I love when powerful people have to backtrack when they are caught doing something wrong because this same Bob Baffert back last fall at Churchill Downs had a horse test positive for steroids as well and got Mm. a win ripped away. But it's not him. It's not him. I love when powerful sports figures get dinged. It's great. Is it true that Alex Guerrero is the horse's trainer? (laughs) Tom Brady's trainer? Uh, It's an organic diet. Don't worry about it. It's an organic diet. I want you to listen. The MS-12? to the. That's too close to something else. What? MS-13? Not good at all. Uh, uh, um, I, I want you to listen to the single funniest, the single most absurd, the single most ridiculous clip you're ever going to hear on this show. And it comes... 
from Fox News, and it comes from the mouth of Bob Baffert himself. This was this morning on Fox News. Bob Baffert discussing Medina Spirit, his horse testing positive for steroids and likely losing the Kentucky Derby Championship. Definitely planning on running him. I'm actually, I'm going to run two horses. Okay, Bob, here's my understanding. They were going to have the draw today for the Preakness, and they've kicked it back until tomorrow. Um, you have another review. Those results may not be available for several weeks. So the Preakness goes down this weekend. The Belmont is here in New York four weeks from now. I, I don't know if we have final results even before the Belmont is done, but your plan is to race in the Preakness. Is there a chance they may punt and not allow Medina Spirit to run this weekend? Well, I haven't heard anything uh, officially. They haven't told me anything. Uh, I know when Churchill Downs came out with that statement, that was pretty harsh. And um, I think they had to just, you know, it, it's, you know, with all the noise going out, out, you know, we live in a different world now. This this America is different. And uh, this it was like a cancel culture kind of a, a thing. So they're reviewing it. I haven't been told anything. I'm, uh, we're prepared to run. And uh, so you've got Bob Baffert, who is right now uh, in a spot. And that, that was, do we have where he actually, Coquel actually says the, uh, the, the money quote in all of that? Uh, just let me know when it's ready. So he's on Fox. And uh, this, it was like a cancel culture kind of a, a thing. So they're reviewing it. A cancel culture kind of thing. Bob Baffert just dropped in this ridiculous, ridiculous era where anytime you do anything wrong and you get called on it, you're being canceled. Cancel culture. Cancel culture is just as annoying as people who want to claim woke culture when uh, you're looking for any sort of equality or looking to actually have people treated nicely. I hate racism. Ah, woke culture. Woke culture. So soft. Uh, go cry. Um, but... Bob Baffert legitimately dropped a cancel culture on a horse. Legitimately dropped a cancel culture on a horse. It is absolutely absurd. It's absolutely insane. And it's the absolute reason that horse racing, and it has been insignificant for quite some time, but now Bob Baffert, this is how you know that he knows how his horse got loaded up with steroids because he used the term cancel culture that's how i know that bob baffert knows what happened earlier in the interview he started off by saying and when that clip was long enough we didn't want to play a five minute clip but he started saying the horse was never treated with that to then they test for such low levels of it so even just the the allowed amount then back to never treated then he just finished it up with cancel cancel culture right when in doubt when in doubt just to wrap it up just to put a bow on the gift it's Cancel culture. That's your exclamation point. So Bob Baffert uh, and the Kentucky Derby. It's if if this horse, this Medina Spirit, doesn't race in the Preakness Stakes, it doesn't matter. I wasn't going to make the Preakness Stakes appointment viewing. And to me, the Triple Crown doesn't mean anything anymore because it happened twice in like a three-year span. So that ruined all of that drama. Um, but Bob Baffert dropping cancel culture is the single most ridiculous thing you are going to hear out of the mouth of anyone related to sports. Uh, it really may be at any point this year, period. Imagine having Bob Baffert be the one who has to speak for you. Right. Like you just look at the guy. But, well, well actually, 
we can hear from someone other than Bob Baffert. We can go right to the horse's mouth. And that is where... Thank you for that. Much appreciated. Uh, Chris Coquel actually was able to catch up this weekend with Medina Spirit. And this is this is how it sounded. Hey, Medina Spirit, thank you for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. You know, you've had a really rough go of things lately. How difficult has this weekend been for you? Well, it's uh, it's been a nightmare. Everything that uh, I put into my body is legal. I, I have my supplements. I take care of this beautifully brushed body. And now the, the critics are trying to stall my career. I just need to put up my blinders. But you tested for a huge amount of steroids. Come on, Medina Spirit. I did, I did nothing wrong. All I know is that my cousin came to Kentucky and was injecting me with energy, okay? Energy. I need to be at peak performance. I'm an athlete, okay? You need energy to... Hoof it out there. The horses stole four said both of you. Both of you. You and the horses stole four. Both of you bought steroids and were injected at the same time. I mean, th- that horse is a, is a good guy, but he probably just misremembers. Do you at least feel bad for what you did, Medina Spirit? Okay. No hablo inglés. Come on, man. You're a horse. You were just speaking English to me. Please answer the question. Do you feel bad for what you've done? Listen, you've, you've got to get an edge in this sport. I'm not here to just... Horse around. If you want to go stud, you've got to be a stud. you got to try to run around on the dirt with a small person kicking you in the ribs. Have you, have you ever tried that? I'm saddled with a lot of pressure. All right, Medina Spirit. Like, I can't spend the whole show interviewing you. I'm going to play this back for our audience. You have to tell me the truth. Are you willing? You have to do this. Just apologize. Are you willing to apologize for cheating? No. Nay. I'm not going to let you derail my career. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a race to prepare for. My apologies. For what? Nice try, Fecta. Boy, that horse has a great concept of puns. I did not see that coming at all. That was really impressive on his part. I mean, but at least he faced the media. A lot of people in that situation, they'll just have someone speak for them and, and not address the media. That's true. He didn't run his agent out there. He uh, he actually got out there and uh, and he he faced the heat. That was uh, that was really well done. How did you land that interview, by the way? I just called him. I know a guy who does marketing for all the horse racing. I'm actually my college roommate does, so I called him. He's in Maryland. He got in touch with him. It was just oh, a great connection. Man, I, I didn't know you were so well connected in the equine industry. Uh, you know, when, when you have a big interview, you got to saddle up and go for it. <laughs> well done. Wow. You learned a couple of things from Medina's spirit there. Uh, that was about the most awful thing we've ever done. Uh, by the Until way. Until next thing. <laughs> yeah, just wait for it. Uh, but speaking of steroids, uh, you could use a few for what you've going on, uh, got going on Friday at the South Florida Fair because Coquel's going to to be in peak athletic performance, and there is no drug testing, to my knowledge, uh, involved in this. Coquel can load himself up with as many PEDs, as many steroids as he needs. Maybe you can call Baffert, you can call Medina Spirit, you can call Medina Spirit's cousin, and get yourself ready to go and give yourself a competitive physical edge against these racing pigs that you're racing. I still can't believe you're doing this Friday in the South Florida Fair. Yeah, well, the pigs are already warming up. They've been in the preliminary races trying to get into the match versus me. The fair started last Friday, goes until May 23rd, Ken, but Friday the 14th, noon, me versus Hamlet. 
Hamlet's been talking a lot of junk. Just wait till you hear the interview I had with him. We did a press conference. <laughs> I, please, God, tell me we don't have anything in the can with that. Not today. I can't, okay. I can't, I can't handle doing another thing like that. Uh, but Friday at the South Florida Fair, it is Chris Coquel racing the famous racing pigs, and it will be live here on Ken Levick Alive. I'll have the call for you. So go out there. Join us for the show. We're going to be out at the fair. Get all your delicious foods, your thrilling rides. Farm animals, pigs, live entertainment, a trip to the past yesterday year village with a haunted house. I will tell you about my experience with that haunted my dreams. That Uh, riddle. I won't hold my breath. And this year's earthly a fair theme at the exposition. Get your tickets now at SouthFloridaFair.com or download the South Florida Fair app for more savings. And uh, make sure to wear sunscreen because you're going to be bake in out there. He's Kokel. I'm Ken Lavica and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica live. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Here's Ken and Coquel. Hey, another no-hitter in baseball. It's almost as if it's not that special anymore. Ken Lavica live here on ESPN 106.3. Subscribe to the Ken Lavica live featuring Coquel podcast. Oh, well, what is that? You guys do a podcast? No, no, no people it's the show and then we put it in a podcast form and it goes to your phone right after we wrap up at one o'clock every day this is yeah we're we're not doing any zany wacky things after the show because we're not that driven we're not that inspired we don't give a lot of effort so what we do on this show you heard last segment (laughs) yeah yeah if you if you caught the first 13 minutes of this show you know exactly what i'm talking about uh but go ahead and subscribe to the kent levick alive featuring coquel podcast breaking interview about the kentucky derby yeah yeah breaking breaking interview an exclusive interview uh with with a horse so make sure to uh, to subscribe, get that right to your phone. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe it, rate it, love it. Uh, and we appreciate everybody who's been doing so here in the first month and change of the show because the numbers are really, really good. So we appreciate you. The numbers are great. Ken's not horsing around. Oh, you see, you absolutely blew that. Just terrible production value. Pretty par for the course for what we, uh, <laughs> what we did previously. All right, we'll try and get better down the stretch. No, okay. All right, we're gonna. I don't know how to do too. I know it's fine. I got music playing out of the same. I'm asking too much of you. We don't have a big system. I'm asking way too much of you right now, and I apologize for that. All right, you know I can't be perfect all the time. Yeah, I know. I know. You're sometimes you can't get hits. Transition. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, that was great, great radio feel that you have. Uh, Over the weekend, and so this happened on Friday night. I woke up Saturday morning, Coquel, and... Congrats. uh, I appreciate it. Uh, The way I was feeling Friday night going into Saturday, I was actually wondering if that was actually going to take place, but I got the ESPN alert on my phone when I woke up that Wade Miley of the Reds had thrown a no-hitter against the Indians. And I said to myself, eh. It, it 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 elicited almost zero reaction out of me at all. But that's also partly because we've now had four no-hitters this season. Four no-hitters this season in Major League Baseball. We have barely been playing baseball now for a month and a week. And we have four no-hitters already. It seems like they're happening every single week at this point. And so... I am trying to to figure out where the reaction 
the eh reaction came from, where I didn't even bother to look at the game story, didn't bother to talk about the highlights or look at the highlights or anything. Um, but John Means, if you remember, he he threw a no-hitter last week, and we talked about it because he faced the minimum, and we thought that maybe he should get credit for a perfect game because it should have been called a pass ball, and he should have possibly still been in line for a perfect game. But no-hitters don't do it for me anymore. And I'm wondering if there are baseball fans or sports fans, period, like me, that are having the same type of reaction to no-hitters. Because we've already had four this year. We had two last year in a truncated 60-game regular season. You had four in 2019. I want you to get a load of this, Coquel. From 2000 to now, from 2000 to now, 21 years, we have had 61 no-hitters. 61 no-hitters. I, the, the, I thought they'd actually be more. Well, get this, though. In the 21 years, 79 through uh, 78 through 99, there were 47 no-hitters. So we're talking about a massive increase. 47 no-hitters in a 21-year span to, in the next 21 years, 61 no-hitters including seven back in 2015. Like I said, in 2019, there were four of them. 2018 had three of them. 2012 and 2015, there were seven of them. Like This decade has been chock full of no-hitters. We're talking 46 no-hitters in the last decade alone. Do no-hitters mean anything anymore? Because I'm not sure they do. I'll still give the perfect game, but does a no-hitter mean anything any longer? And I say no. I think that it's turned into like college softball where no-hitters are happening so often where you say, all right, good job, that's a win, but you don't rush the field anymore. You don't make it a huge thing. I don't think no-hitters mean anything. There's too many of them. 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN, 888-760-3776, or you can tweet at the show, at ESPN West Palm, do no-hitters mean anything any longer and I just don't think so it happens too often in Coquel if you've got a no-hitter where there are a couple of walks a couple of errors I mean is that worth celebrating to an extent where you say it's historic are no-hitters really historic any longer did you see my tweet at real coach k on twitter I did not no hitter I did not do you know why no I found out about this no and I consider myself a big sports fan and, you know, doing this for a yeah. living on top of, like, even if I wasn't doing this, I watch Sports Center, I pay attention to things, I read the papers. I didn't know about this no-hitter until you brought it up. Really? Like, that's how little it, and I'm sure I saw it. I'm sure it crossed, because I watch enough and I read enough that I'm sure it crossed my eyes, but it didn't catch my attention that I didn't even realize it happened until our show meeting today. That's how little no-hitters yep. mean to me now. And I don't know if this is a baseball thing. I don't know if it's because baseball's so regional now and it's not the national sport that the NFL has become or the NBA with the superstars have become, but baseball no-hitters do not bring me any sort of interest any longer unless it's a John Means something weird happened or a Carlos Rodon hit a guy in the toe with a pitch to lose a perfect game 26 outs down. I, I, I just... I, I get it. It's it's still rare enough, but it almost happens too often now for me to go back and watch the highlights or for me to think that we need to make a, a concerted effort 
to actually discuss it or for a fan base to go crazy about it or at least for Major League Baseball to go crazy about it. Does the no-hitter mean anything anymore? And I know the traditionalists are going to be out there, Coquel, and they're going to say, absolutely, what an achievement it is, not allowing a hit. But also this season, <laughs> hitters, offenses in Major League Baseball are only hitting two Like We're going through just an incredible pitching revolution right now. Pitching revolution. Also, guys don't know how to hit anymore. They're Everyone's allowed, trying to pull things. To allow teams yeah. to do a shift and not just bunt. Like, I would bat 400 just bunting every time they shifted. That's the thing that drives me most crazy, I think, about baseball is instead of uh, learn how to hit to the opposite field or throw it on a bunt, it's eliminate the shift. Like, just I adapt. Hate that. Adapt. Be a slap hitter. I absolutely Derek hate Jeter, that. Derek Jeter, half his career was a slap hitter over second base. Um, I, my baseball career, my peak level of two championships at Larkfield Little League <laughs> was because I could hit the other way. I think I pulled the ball once, and that's because I stunk. But still, I learned how to hit the other way because I knew I couldn't pull the ball. I had no ability to hit a fastball. I really couldn't hit any sort of off-speed pitches. But when I was inevitably late as hell swinging at a fastball, I could hit opposite field. Like, it I was just great. Don't, I don't get it. There's no one over there. Take the single. When when Jim Tomey played for the White Sox, and Jim Tomey's a Hall of Famer. Jim Tomey's a legend. And uh, it was really cool to have Jim Tomey in a White Sox uniform. But it would drive me insane when they would put... <laughs> Five guys uh, over uh, between first and second, and uh, your third baseman is basically standing on second base, and Jim Tomey would still always try to pull the ball. Drove me insane. I hate that. But abolish the uh, abolish the shift instead of learn how to hit to the opposite field. That that's just another baseball complaint. And you'll mine. you'll get the argument from baseball people and analytics people that the home run counts more and. It's worth getting out four times rather than pulling the ball. But if you eventually do that enough, you're going to get better pitches and you're going to get yeah. them to move back over because they're going to stop doing the shift to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's just going to happen. But I also think to- Try it once. Like Try it once before you tell me that it's more valuable this way. Well, Bat 500 because you, you put buns down and slap it the other way when there's no one there. And then see if they don't change. Getting on base is the point. Getting, get, getting on base is the absolute point. But uh, no hitters. like They just don't feel special anymore and I'm not trying to poo-poo the game I'm not trying to poo-poo the accomplishment but uh, Wade Miley throwing a no-hitter against the Indians does that does that really deserve like front page MLB news any longer because I don't think it it definitely doesn't deserve front page like national sports news it happens it's happened 61 times since the year 2000 when it only happened 47 times from 1978 to 1999 it happens so often that it has lost its specialness it has lost its meaning does do baseball no hitters mean anything i'm gonna poo poo on the game okay i'm gonna take a big giant poop on the game what accomplishment would catch your attention though if uh, it's still a perfect game if someone went out and hit four home runs in a game would you be that much into it would you be buzzing like crazy yeah yeah i think i think there are a couple of things that still catch my attention with baseball Four homers in a game is one of them. It, it That has not happened a, a, a lot at all. I believe Josh Hamilton was the last player to hit four home runs, unless I'm missing somebody. I'll never forget, and this is not a story that matters, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Winfield hitting a solo home run, a two-run home run, and a three-run homer for the Yankees. Got up, bases loaded, ninth inning, two outs, and didn't get the grand slam. It would have been the greatest achievement of all time. That would it didn't be, yeah. matter. But, it, but like he had a shot to hit all four, solo home run, that is two-run homer, legit. three-run homer, and had the game on the line. 
and did his big long Dave Winfield swing and struck out. Yeah, Josh Hamilton is the last person to do it 2012 uh, when he was with the Rangers. But I also think hitting for the cycle. Like that's that's it, really that's cool. Catch buzz? Maybe I, I know no hitters have this lore. Uh, I don't know if any, I don't know them. if baseball has the buzz anymore. I just I don't know. I'm trying to think of what would excite me. Four home runs, four home runs. Now, if someone ever hit five home runs in a game, now that's legitimate front page take over all the headlines types of things. But look what you're asking for. You're asking for five. I know that's home that's runs. like Herculean. I get it. I get it. Like what would be equivalent? That would be the equivalent of Kobe dropping 82. <laughs> like yeah. that's kind it's of like where once five in home a generation are. type of type of stuff. But that's what I'm saying though is the no hitter. It's happened so often now that it's kind of turned into like a triple double. It's yeah. almost like a baseball version of a triple double. And triple doubles, I think, are st- I don't think those are empty numbers. And I know Russell Westbrook. Uh, there's still a number of people that want to diminish the fact that he's a walking triple-double, and at this point in his career, he is still doing it. Um, That's hard to do. That's increasingly difficult to do. That said, um, you don't see NBA teams running off the bench after someone gets a triple-double and throwing water on him and congratulating him and making it an entire big thing like we still see in baseball. It's almost comical when someone throws a no-hitter now. I'll still give you a perfect game, but when someone throws a no-hitter now and you start celebrating on the field after, what are we doing? What, What are we doing? It's sort of like when you clinch a berth into the wild card game in Major League Baseball. That doesn't deserve running out onto the field and dogpiling. A no-hitter is the same exact thing now. I don't mind the players doing it, though. I just don't think it's going to get the buzz from the players. Should I'd be mad if the players stopped celebrating sports. Like, I hate the players that look like they're too cool for it. I get it. I don't, I don't mind the but players But do you need to dogpile? It? Like, should you be dogpiling, uh, like, on a July 20th? Yeah. Eh, good dogpile's good at any time. I I'm going to dogpile on you after the show. I, I definitely hope not. Do no hitters mean anything? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Summer semester's coming up. Also, fall semester is coming up. This is your path into the sports industry. Don't waste any more time. If you've thought that, hey, I wanted to get into sports, I want to do it before it's too late, maybe you've been working a career, you've got a family, and now is the time to make a transition, don't waste time. Go to fau.edu slash MBA sport and start your path into sports. It's such a vast industry. It's such a wide open industry, Uh, whether it's the front office, whether it's in marketing, whether it's on field or off field, whether it's at the local level, minor leagues, professional, college ranks, fau.edu slash MBA sport. They show you what path you want to go in. You take the courses and you say, you know what? This is the direction I want to try to aim for FAU.edu slash MBA sport. Dr. Jim Reardon, he's been doing it for 21 years. Get information on summer semester courses, fall semester courses, remote or in person on FAU's Boca campus. That's FAU.edu slash MBA sport. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. Hey, look at this. The Heat look like they're going to avoid the play-in. That's good. That's real good, and I think they have a good chance to make a run here once we get into the Eastern Conference playoffs. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Ken and Coquel like putting things in number order. Order, order, order. Five, four, three, two, one. 
It's time for the electrical standings. Today's electrical standings, hottest TV dads. Hottest TV dads, five through one. Coquel, you go first. Number five, hottest TV dads. Number five, Jack Pearson, played by Milo Ventimiglia from This Is Us. Number four, John Bernthal, Shane from The Walking Dead. Judith is not Rick Grimes' baby. Like, get over it. Shane got with the mom. We all know who's baby. The Walking Dead is still on, right? Yeah, one more season. They Great should show. have. Uh, God, they should have ended that oh, seven it, years ago. It's been ago. good the last couple seasons. Good. But you know what else is good? Tony Maselli's face. Tony Danza, who's the boss. <laughs> Hot number three, hottest TV dad. Jim Halpert, John Krasinski from The Office. Was he a dad? Yes, him and Pam had a baby. Oh, okay. It was at the end when no one was watching the uh, show, okay, but he's just he, like that face. I, I missed it. He's just so cute. Yeah, I know. Jesse Kostopoulos, John Stamos, oh. Full House, number one hottest TV dad. Top five hottest TV dads here on the electrical standings. Number five, Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement, Tim Allen. Number four, Stephen Keaton, Family Ties, oh. an intellectual. Oh. Number three, Frank Lambert, Step by Step, Patrick Duffy. Number two, Tony Maselli. Who's the boss? Tony Danza. Now, he was a dad, right? Like a legit dad, or did he acquire dad? Samantha? Was, did he that's have a, his kid. Oh, really? Or is that Angela's kid? I think that's Angela's kid. No, that's his kid. They moved in together. It's not Angela's kid. <laughs> and number one, Dr. Jason Seaver. Growing pains. Alan Thick. Is he really good looking? Yes! Are you kidding me? Or is it just who he is? Alan Thick is one of the most debonair, suave, and downright handsome men in TV history. I don't know. I think I think if we hit the I'm gonna put it on the poll at real at ESPN West Palm. Is Alan Thick good looking? Those are your hottest TV dads, a TV dads edition of electrical standings. Uh, hey, uh, yesterday the Heat ended up completely manhandling the Celtics. Now, it got interesting near the end of that game because the Heat always let opponents back into the game. But uh, the Heat now are a win away tomorrow. If they beat Boston, they will completely avoid the play-in. It looked like they were destined for play-in tournament basketball up until, well, really last Monday. And then they've started to turn it on a little bit, and they've gotten healthy. And Tyler Hero, despite the fact that he has the most miserable haircut in the history of the NBA, and that's saying something, he's starting to play now. They're starting to round out. Bam's defense has been completely locked down. Jimmy Butler's doing Jimmy Butler things. Uh, The Heat are going to avoid the play-in. Now, when you look at the NBA standings, okay, it's it's not looking like yet that the Heat and the Knicks are going to play in the first round. There was a possibility that could happen, but the Heat still legitimately, mathematically, have a chance to possibly get the five seed. The Knicks are the four seed, nine games out. The Heat and the Hawks are tied one game behind them with the Hawks having the tiebreaker. Yes. So, like, John Collins, Cardinal Newman alum, great job. Get out of that five seed, please, will you? We need the Heat and the Knicks in the first round. We need the 4-5 to be the Heat and the Knicks. Problem is, the Hawks' remaining games... The Wizards twice, which could they could lose or split. I call that kind of a split type of series. But then they play the Magic and the Rockets. That's the Hawks' remaining four. 
Yeah. The Magic is not good, and the Rockets are the worst team in the league. <laughs> yes. They're not playing for anything at all. But what I wanted to ask Heat and Knicks fans, because there is, I think, some excitement, but also a bit of trepidation involved in a Heat Knicks playoff series. But I think the trepidation is more for Knicks fans because no way. you've had this great regular season. You have played well above what any pundit and I think really any fan thought you were going to do. The Knicks sitting in the four seed with just games left now before the end of the regular season going into the postseason. Julian Randle has been in the MVP conversation. Julius Randle too. What did I say? Julian. I said Julius. I think I choked yeah. when I was saying Julius. Um, sorry, man. I'm getting over a cold. Lay off. Well, me. there's two of them. Learn their names. Okay. Throw it back to an old show. There's two Julius Randles. They're both named Julius. <laughs> and the other Julius Randle was uh, the sixth man, right? <laughs> right? Yes, yes. Did you see them dominate without him? They only had one Julius Randle yesterday, <laughs> and they dominated man, the Clippers. They are. They, I, I tell you what. They, they're finding ways to win They'd be now. the best team in the Western Conference. Uh-huh. Um, but for Knicks fans, you've had the storybook regular season. You've had fans celebrating outside of Madison Square Garden after random regular season wins uh, because it's been so long since the Knicks have been formidable. Forget four seed. Like, the fact that they're in the playoff picture is something to celebrate. And the fact that now, I mean, it's added that they're going to have home court advantage most likely um, uh, as long as they don't get nicked by the, the, the Hawks. But I could see trepidation. You don't want especially against the Heat, to go into the first round with, wow, that was so fun. This was great. The Knicks are back. And then Heat culture takes you over. And all of that hard work, all of that built-up good feeling comes crashing down in one playoff series because you take on a tried and tested, a true formula for playoff success like the Heat have. Now, Heat fans, I think they're cocky. And I think they're confident, and I think they want the Knicks. But imagine the pain if the Knicks actually won a playoff series against the Heat and had to hold it over Heat fans' heads for Ever. months and months and months Not and forever. months. Well, knowing Knicks fans, you're right. Like They would treat it like they they were raising a banner. They would raise a banner the at following Madison year, Square the, Garden. The Knicks could go 0-82, and, and the Heat could win the championship, and I'd still be talking about the Knicks beating them in the playoffs. Heat-Knicks. First round, it's still a possibility. It's good for basketball. I said it. I said it. It's good for the state of basketball, big market battle. All right. I don't even know if it's good for basketball as a whole. I do know it's damn good for us. I'd love it. It's good for the Heat because they don't want to play the Bucs again. Because if they don't get to that five seed, they're playing the Bucs. Okay. And I think the Heat would beat the Bucs again. I think the Heat would beat the Bucs again. I think even without a bubble in Orlando, the Heat would have beat the Bucs. The Heat absolutely would have beaten the Bucs. I, I, the way that the Heat deed up the Bucks and Giannis has still not had a playoffs where you say to yourself, "There's a transcendent superstar." Until he does that, he's due. I'm not scared of the Bucks. I'm just not. But Heat fans, Knicks fans, would you love or be scared of a first round matchup? Heat Knicks first round. Would you love it or would you leave it? Would you be excited for it, or would you be scared for it? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN, 888-760-3776. From my standpoint, I still stand by Heat and 5. Heat, Knicks, first round, 
Heat in five. The Heat would neutralize Julius Randle. Bam would D-up Julius Randle. And that parade, that good feeling, that balloon, it would burst. It would burst. And it's still, it doesn't take away from the fact that Julius Randle had a great regular season. doesn't take away from the fact that he's been an MVP candidate. But the Heat have the formula. The Heat have been there. They have the experience. And they have the elite two-way player in Bam Adebayo. Not to mention the dog in Jimmy Butler. I think it's advantage Heat, even if the Knicks had home court advantage. So Heat fan, I could see being cocky. I'm cocky about it. But on the other side, I also would be absolutely miserable if the Knicks somehow won that series, moved on in the postseason, because even if they got dinged in round two, they would never. Coquel's 100% right. The Knicks fans would never let Heat fans forget about nope. it. Never, ever, 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 ever. Even if the Knicks went another seven years without making the postseason, this year was just a complete fluke under Tom Thibodeau, it would always go back to 2021 when the Knicks beat the Heat in the opening round of the postseason. The Heat have no matchup for Derrick Rose. The way he's playing off the bench, they have no one who can stop him. The Knicks are good, man. The I, I, are good. I'm not denying that they're good, but um, how how is Derrick Rose done traditionally against um, against the Heat? I don't know. A, I don't a, care. a healthy Derrick Rose pre multiple knee injury. Oh, oh, yeah, that's um, um, oh, he got bounced by them, and by Eric Spolster, coached Heat team. R.J. Barrett. They have okay. weapons. You, the Heat don't have the magic. Heat don't want Heat fans. You want none of this. You want none of it, Heat fans. How, how, wait, wait, wait. How you, better, you, be, you'll be, you know what? I changed my mind. Heat fans will be lucky to play the Bucs. You better hope for Giannis and that overrated Bucs team. You don't want the team from the Garden. The Mecca. You can't handle the Mecca, Heat. It's not how, a little protective bubble anymore. But Your little protective bubble is going to pop. How have, how, how have the, uh, the Knicks done against the Heat this year? It's not playoff. Playoff basketball uh, in New York is a whole other animal. Okay, okay. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Heat fans, Nick fans, this is for both of you. Are you scared to face each other, especially in the first round because of the ramifications? And there's going to be pressure. It's going to be one of those series where there's pit and stomach the entire time. You both love it as a sports fan, but also hate it. Or Heat fans, are you cocky and you say, bring them on? Or Knicks fans, are you cocky? And I don't know why you would be, but are you cocky and you say, oh, Julius Randle, uh, the, the, the Knicks have this taken care of, even though the Knicks haven't beat the, the Heat all, all, all season. Where do you stand on this? You love it or you leave it? 888-760-3776. Ryan is in Boynton. Ryan, you're on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Ken Coquel, Thanks for taking my call. Big Heat fan here. I just want to say, I'm cocky. Yep. We want that smoke as Heat fans. We want it. We want to take on the Knicks. We'll take on the Bucks. We don't care. Eastern I, Conference champs, we don't get enough love. I tend to agree with you on that because it's for me with the Heat, it's not just the Knicks. I would go into any playoff series with any team right now in the East, including the Nets, and say, I think the Heat have a chance. I think the Heat and Spo can coach them and execute their way into upsetting the top two, three teams in the Eastern Conference. I just truly believe that, and maybe it's just uh, being cocky Heat fan and I'm an uh, irrational, but I think the Heat could match up with anybody in the Eastern Conference. I agree completely, and it's, it's not just being cocky. It's not just that. We, we also, we're also rational because we know we're the, we're the champs. 
really Eastern Conference champ. Who's going to match up? Yeah. And, Who's going to match up? We got... And after I saw what the Heat did last year to Milwaukee and what they did then to the Celtics, like I just I'm not ruling out I'm not ruling out Spo. I'm not ruling out Jimmy Butler especially, and I'm not ruling out Bam. Bam is the the single best big in the Eastern Conference. And Whoa. what the Heat did Randall's been better than Bam this year. Bam is a better two way player than Julius Randall is. Mm. He just flat out is. Not watching games this year, going off of last year's reputation. He just flat out is. I mean, the numbers show it, Coquel. You're, you're, excuse Coquel because he's just, he's completely irrational right now. I, I understand as a as a homer, irrational Knicks fan, just yeah, standing up for guys. I get it. Go ahead. They Go have ahead. one good regular season in a decade, and now all of a sudden they're destined yeah. for a championship that has eluded them since the seventies. Now I will let let's just let's just play a hypothetical. And we know this isn't gonna happen, Ryan, but let's just play a hypothetical. How miserable is your summer if the Knicks were to beat the Heat in a playoff series? Oh God. <laughs> same same thing like Coquel said. If they beat us no matter if it's a sweep or 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 if they take a seven, we lose it. We're gonna be. I'm gonna hear it for the rest of my life. I'm 28. I'm gonna hear it for the rest, <laughs> for the rest of, my of your life. You're okay. 20. You, your life is over yeah. at 28 from a basketball standpoint. The Heat can win. People like Coquel, they're, right. they're gonna keep talking about it for the yep. rest of my life. I mean, the Heat legitimately could win back-to-back titles uh, next year and the year after, and the Knicks fans would still go back to, oh well, we beat you head to head in 2021. Uh-huh. Ryan, appreciate the call. 888-760-3776. Julius Randle, 24, 10, and six. Okay. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Okay. Let's check out old Bammy boy. Oh, uh, here we go. Coquel's going to be stat guy instead 18, of 18, 9, and 5. Uh, no, see, that, that, 24 but, or 18, which one's bigger? What you're doing which here. Which one is bigger, 18 or 24? I mean, 24. Okay, but great. You, which you're... one's bigger, 9 or 10? <laughs> which one's bigger? Oh, God. I can't stand. Which one is bigger, 9 or 10? I can't stand numbers, I did this, people. I did this with my four year old son. Which one's bigger? You are the most annoying basketball person. The guy who just starts reciting stats to make a point in basketball is so annoying, and you are that guy. I'm not surprised you're that guy, but you're box score guy. You're, you are, I'm going to make a point on the NBA, so I'm going to go straight to the box score. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But you're going by six or five. Which one's bigger? Just curious. I'm just, I'm just wondering which one is bigger. Can you just answer my question? I take it back. I don't want the Heat and Knicks to play in the postseason because I don't want to deal scared. with this. I get it. I don't want to be scared no, no. too, Heat fans. I don't want to deal with this boneheadedness for What's up the to two weeks. Maybe Bam is more upside. Sure. Oh right now, the better player is Randall. Oh my God. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero ESPN. There is not a single intelligent basketball person who would say I'd rather have Julius Randall than Bam Adebayo. In a one-game series, I think there is. A one-game series? I mean, one, when is that one-game series going to happen? It might be for the Heat. Look at their remaining games down the stretch. They may be done. They may be in the plane. You think they need one more win? Have you looked at their schedule? They Celtics, do. that's a loss. Bucks, that's a loss. Sixers, that's a loss. Now you're stuck with the Pistons and all on the line. They, they just beat the Celtics. Yeah, but not tomorrow they didn't. Okay. 
Uh, my guarantee Celtics is are due. the Heat beat the Celtics tomorrow and the Heat avoid the play-in. 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. And by the way, you can listen to Heat Basketball, Heat Celtics tomorrow right here on ESPN 106.3. I want to tell you about my friends at Greenway Kia of West Palm Breach. Uh, Greenway Kia of West Palm, that's where I got my Kia K5 GT at Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. And that's where they are giving you a just, I mean, it's it's a friendly it's an easy, it's a money-saving car buying experience. There are three things that I need when I go to buy a car because I hate it. I mean, I absolutely hate buying automobiles, all right? I just do. I don't like the process. I don't like the time it takes. But there are three things that need to check the list. Friendly, it needs to be easy, and I need to save money. And Greenway Key of West Palm Beach checks all of those boxes. And... Uh, I, I, I honestly, I could not say enough about Mike and about George and about all the people at Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach because I was able to get in. They immediately took me to look at cars, see what I wanted. I wanted something sporty, but I wanted something with good mileage. I wanted something that looked cool, but also something I could bring the kids around in and make sure they were safe. And that's how I settled on the Kia K5 GT. And I've talked about it before, Coquel, but I love this car. I, I just, you still, like, you know you pick the right car when every time you get in, you look forward to the driving experience. And that still happens to me every single day with this car. And I want to thank all the folks at Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach uh, for that car buying experience. And they're looking out for you, whether it's their, their credit clinic at Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. They're looking to put you in an automobile, uh, whether it is uh, them going out of their way to try and finance for you and get you what works for you and your family, because it's not just you buying the car. For a lot of you, this is a family purchase. Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. Go check them out right off Military in West Palm. Thank you, Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica live on ESPN 1063. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Yeah, the more I think about it in the break, I'm cocky about the heat going up against the Knicks in the playoffs, but... I, I now don't want them to play because I do not want to deal with Coquel for however long this series lasts. It's because you know they're better. The Knicks are better. Randall's better. What You call me stat guy. What stat matters in basketball? Is there a stat I can go to? Don't look up one that works in your favor. Is there a stat I can go to? <laughs> I mean, you probably want to look at defensive efficiency, especially when you're talking about Bam Adebayo. I'm supposed to have the defensive efficiency number. Well, I'm just saying it's more than just 24 and 10. Plus minus, does that matter? Uh, no, I think plus oh. minus is actually fairly uh, misleading a lot oh, of the time. Oh, that doesn't – so points doesn't matter. Assists don't matter. Rebounds don't matter. And now the fact that on the season, Randall's a 150 plus minus and Bam's a 15. That doesn't matter either. The Heat aren't even better on the floor barely with Bam on the floor. What? He's How a 15 that? plus minus Because total. plus minus is incredibly misleading. Oh, but so is points and rebounds and assists. Only defensive efficiency is the only stat. Well, I think I think that efficiency is is one of the most important stats in basketball. Just defensive efficiency, none of that other stuff. I just said offensive efficiency as well. Efficiency numbers, offensive and defensive, are wildly important. It's not just a twenty-four and ten. It's not just 
what's on the box score. It's how Bam Adebayo helps in the post or comes to the perimeter. Bam Adebayo is significantly more versatile a defender. He can guard any position. Julius Randle is... Is what? He's a post player. He's a post player. No, he's not. He's, he's draining just threes left and right. Not left and right. He's not draining threes left and right. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. Got to talk to you about my guy, Pat Lawler. Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. WantToLawyerUp.com. WantToLawyerUp.com for Pat Lawler. And Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. If you have been injured, slip and fall, an accident, or any personal injury matter, it's scary. It's overwhelming and you don't know where to turn. Well, Pat Lawler is where you turn. Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. Just go ahead and dial up wantalawyerup.com. Wantalawyerup.com. Get your free consultation. Pat is going to take care of you. Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. And Pat will join us tomorrow. He is our sports agent and... And sports law insider. Uh, Coquel, we were talking about no hitters and we were talking about whether or not they mean anything any longer. And I I don't think so. Like I just I there they happen too often. There's nothing special to them. Uh, Jake Elman tweets, anyone who answers no is lost. Don't hate the players, hate the game. The sports embrace the Three true outcomes, and pitchers are taking advantage. You don't make it to the majors by accident. But Kevin Wagner tweets, I'm not hating, but since everyone either strikes out or hits a home run in modern-day baseball, the no-hitter is just not that unusual anymore. It's hard to get excited about it. I agree with Kevin. Uh, it's it's feast or famine. That's what baseball has become. It's a three-run homer or it's it's a strikeout. And uh, the, the pitcher dominance now shows it, and that's why a no-hitter just doesn't mean much anymore. I'll give you a perfect game. I'll give you a cycle. I'll give you four home runs. But the no-hitter doesn't do it for me anymore. It's college softball. Great accomplishment for the individual. As far as me, the fan, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll move on. That, that, that's really the bottom line with baseball now. Yep, I agree with you on that. But more importantly, Julius Randle, 41% from three-point land. Okay. Yep. How often does he shoot threes? More. He hits more than two a game. Okay. That doesn't make him a marksman three-point shooter. What do you mean? He's still That's at good. his core. He's still at his core a player who's going to camp out in the Just post. Eat Is it. he defending the perimeter? Or what do you think? You think yes. Oh, he, really? He plays off and switch all the time. Okay, and he 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 is as defensively efficient he and as versatile as Bam Adebayo is. Yes. Okay. Based on what? By based my on, eyeballs. Based on your oh, gotcha. So my eyeballs don't matter and stats don't matter. Okay. What High school. No, you, no, 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 no. High school football from, coach. You judge it from fine. the Lakers, Julius Randle. Cool. High school it's been football. Been a long time. High school football coach Chris Coquel. Don't worry, everybody. His eyeballs say that Julius Randle is just as good a defender and as versatile a defender uh, and as dominant a post player as Bam Adebayo. This year, yes. Gotcha. And, okay. he's, and he can stretch the floor. Good. It which, took him. I don't it know took him eight this. seasons. It took him eight I seasons don't care to how get long there. It took awesome. Him. It took him two years with the Knicks and one year with Thibs. We're back. Thibs. Thibodeau. Who you can call him that, Tibbs all you want. It's Thibodeau. Mm, Spell the name. I don't want the playoffs to Kenny come. Kenny Payne. Just cancel Just dominating. Which is wait till I wake up Kevin Knox from his slumber. When is that going to happen? When when exactly is that Kevin Knox <laughs> slumber going to does. end? When is that alarm going to go off? <laughs> but when it does, <laughs> oh, look out. Man. And they got the point guard from Spain. 
<laughs> oh, he's so good that you don't actually know what his name is. He's oh, the he's going to be great. You know what I love, though? You know what? Because I do that as well. When I can't remember someone's name, you immediately go to their position and then where they're from. Yeah. It's like, oh, the forward from Texas or the the big man from Kansas or the point guard from Spain. I love same that. Thing. At, least I'm, <laughs> at least I know these guys are on the team. Uh, you would know it was bad if I said Julius Randle and them boys. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I promise we'll be better. I, I promise you. Well, I can't Not promise better you. than Julius Randle. I'm going to hope hope that we're better tomorrow. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick, and we've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye.